Fun Ideas Productions presents the Fun Ideas Podcast. Hi, this is Mark Arnold, and welcome to Fun Ideas Podcast number 12. Just a reminder, with the holidays coming, to order my books today from Amazon or Bear Manor Media. Today's guest is a major comic book fan and keeps up with the latest releases from Marvel and DC. Is there anything Marvel and DC Comics are publishing that is worth reading? Our special guest thinks so, and today he gives us his recommendations. Here he is, straight from the Batcave, pop culture historian Alan Bryan. I'm a little surprised that two characters have been really different. Now, I don't, you know, it's, it's uh, one is a character I've hated since its creation, and the other one is one I followed off and on since I was five. Okay. <laughs> and we're going to talk about the the latter, and I'll talk about the the now immortal Hulk. Okay. <laughs> well, um, what they did was they killed the Hulk during Civil War Two, which who gives a crap? I mean, at the time, Civil War Two was pretty bad. Right. Uh. They had tried a couple of things with the Hulk, like, you know, Bruce Banner working for S.H.I.E.L.D., and they've sort of got him under control. Uh, There was one silly sequence where after a mission, you know, to change him back into Banner, they unload a... they parachute down a cargo of puppies. (laughs) (laughs) You can't make it up, so they parachute down a cargo of puppies, puppies turn him back to Banner, and he goes back to the lab and, and does his thing again. Right. So, you know, and then, then they get to the point in Civil War II where they say, oh, I haven't been to Hulk for a year. Hmm. And I'm fine, but then Hawkeye kills him anyway. Spoiler! Hmm. You know, and then Hawkeye has a trial, he gets off because, I don't know, supposedly Banner said, well, if you think I'm changing into the Hulk, kill me. Hmm. And Hawkeye, from whatever distance it was, said, it's all green in those eyes, I'd take the shot. <laughs> well, move up a couple of years, last year's, or earlier this year, I don't know, time frame wise, but the Avengers did a 12-part series called Avengers No Sanctuary or something. Mm-hmm. And it was not the best story. It brought in a character that was reminiscent of Triumph, yeah, that the Justice League had a couple, 20 years ago, and, you know, like, there's a member that we've had since the start, you know, but maybe she's been inserted into the history, that sort of thing. I don't remember her name, I don't care. That's not the point. Mm-hmm. Later in the story, uh, the Grandmaster or his brother revived the Hulk as, you know, to help with their game that they're playing. Mm-hmm. So the Hulk is alive again. And you're like, ah, where's this going to go? And then he starts the Immortal Hulk. Mm-hmm. And is... that's where it gets really different. <laughs> is that so they won't continue to kill him? Is that what, <laughs> where this is all leading? <laughs> no, well, let, let me say, okay, first off, the book doesn't start out like, there's no supervillains. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, really up to this point, I'm, okay, Anybody who reads, who hasn't read The Immortal Hulk and wants to read it, you better stop listening. Oh, Jim, I just, Mark, I just killed your audience. Oh, spoiler, I, spoiler alert. Okay. No, no we, we, we don't do spoiler alerts. If you can't, because you can always press stop and listen to it at a later time. If you, 
later. Listen to it later after you've read issues one through eight. Yes. Okay. So the Hulk is really Banner's wandering around, and now he turns into Hulk only at night. Mm-hmm. This is, goes back to the early, the original Hulk in the '60s when Stan and Jack created him. The Hulk became the Hulk at night, and he was gray. Right. But now he's Hulk at night, and he's green. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what he's doing is Banner goes to a bar somewhere or a restaurant. And he finds out if anybody in town is being bad or has been wronged or needs revenge. And then he takes revenge on those who have wronged somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's a biker gang selling drugs who's terrorizing somebody or it's a father who sort of tortured his son with powers or gave him powers which tortured, killed him. And, you know, these sort of things where, uh, you know, but then... Banner takes, as the Hulk takes them out, and, but he does it kind of, he's not obvious about it, and it's night, and he's not, you know, and they're so scared, they think it's the Hulk, they're not sure it's the Hulk because it's dark, so he does that a couple of times, mm-hmm. and, you know, there's a reporter who's picking up on this, and she wants to find the Hulk, so she's looking hard also. Yes. Then in steps a new character, another character that we haven't seen much of, and I really don't care for him. But the um, the retconned former college roommate of Bruce Banner, Arthur Lankowski, also <laughs> known as Watch. Mm-hmm. Oh boy! So apparently, he got his powers the same way through gamma radiation. When he doesn't turn green, and when he got his powers, he also opened some kind of dimensional portal that brought in some kind of elder god thing or some force of nature that also was part of his deal well he gets involved with the hulk because they have the same gamma signature ends up the hulk takes away his ability to change but there's another thing going on here and that's the hulk's father is somehow might have been merged with the spirit of whatever was Lankowski had. I don't know. Hulk's mm-hmm. father is haunting him. <laughs> Hulk's real dad is haunting him. And that's that's not, we're not sure where that's going. Right. Um, then, of course, here come the Avengers. Because <laughs> Captain Marvel, who is the one who got involved with Lankowski, because she's part of Alpha Flight, or the satellite called Alpha Flight, or and and. She brings in the new Avengers, which that's a curious thing in itself. And they have to pull out all the stops. And Iron Man has to do some kind of beam from satellite, reminiscent of that episode of Justice League on TV. You know, it was a beam from satellite to take out the Hulk. Mm-hmm. And they take him out. <laughs> and then they dissect him. And he's in jars in this lab. <laughs> and Captain Marvel doesn't know where he is. Even the Avengers and Captain Marvel have no idea where they've taken him. And there's some guy who has a prison record, but he's a scientist, and he's trying to figure out, you know, what makes the Hulk tick, and they take his heart in half, and then it even beats separated. I don't know. It's 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 Marvel science. What do you want? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. They make the Hulk. His disembodied hand snaps its fingers, the jars all shatter, 
the Hulk reassembles itself like some kind of Lovecraftian monster, right. absorbs the scientist, and then disappears. Hmm. And that's where we are till the next issue. <laughs> now, I've got to say this. The battle between the Avengers and the Hulk, that was good. Because mm-hmm. the Hulk actually knocked out one of Thor's teeth. Of course, Thor isn't as powerful as he used to be. Right. I've heard that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hulk is very, very, very powerful. Mm-hmm. But let, let's just say that. And now he, you know, he can't be killed. Even, disembi- even dismembered, he comes back together. But that's made the story super, super interesting because not Peter David, not John Byrne, not anybody else has ever really done the Hulk in this fashion. Mm-hmm. Because this Hulk isn't quite mindless. And he's not, you know, anybody's not Banner either. Right. Um, he's, I'd say, you know, Ben Grimm on a Bender smart. <laughs> you like that one, huh? Yeah. yeah. That's a good way to put it, yeah. <laughs> I can... <laughs> and, and so he knows what he's doing. When he goes after these bad guys and does the uh, revenge thing, he knows what he's doing. And the thing is, he's following the lead Banner created. Banner goes to these small towns finds out who the evil person is, you know, wherever it happens to be. He might go to three towns and find, you know, somebody doing wrong. And then the Hulk at night remembers, hey, I've got to go after somebody that Banner found. <laughs> and and he does it. And then in the morning he's, you know, he's Banner again, and, and that's how it works. Now, in the latest issue, when he transformed back into Banner, it was kind of grotesque, you know, because it wasn't... The way they drew it was like he was all stretched out monster reminiscent of From Beyond or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's good. Um, good movie on Blu-ray. <laughs> so, uh, again, Lovecraftian well, based. So, um, I gotta say the Hulk is shockingly interesting for eight issues so far. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it, it's almost reminiscent of a um, kind of not going to throw him on the level of Alan Moore, but it's, it reminds you of when Alan Moore did something different with Swamp Thing or Miracle Man or, you know, and or when Priest, you know, really took Black Panther in the right direction mm-hmm. um, and uh, or when Mark Wade was doing some good Daredevil or, uh, you know, that that's the kind of thing that, you know, you say like, wow, okay, this is better than Thunderbolt Walsh chasing him around the country and, you know, destroying 600, 600 tanks, you know, every other day. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, it's not quite the same thing. And and actually, Thunderbolt Walsh has a new mission, destroy Captain America, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> so um, now I'm going to bring up Venom because that, I read this because I had nothing else to read, and it was <laughs> literally. And I have never liked the character. Not even when Flash Thompson was Agent Venom in uh, Secret Avengers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, there, but you know. And then, and now, little alert again. But anybody who read Spider-Man 700, I guess it was, probably knows Flash Thompson is dead. Mm-hmm. Dead, dead. Real dead. Yes. The, the Venom symbiote escaped and found Eddie Brock again. And Brock's been having these nightmares, nightmares about Norse gods and Beowulf and 
you know, and strange things. Well, it turns out a guy shows up, says he's part of another sequence. There was a super soldiers, super soldier uh, program that dealt not with oceans and vita rays and all that, but with pieces of venom symbiote that were given to soldiers, and they've been doing secret venom soldiers for centuries. You know. Hmm. Hey, who knew? Major hmm. retcon, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and then Brock goes on a mission for this guy whose name is Strickland, and there's uh, they're transporting these other four friends of Strickland's, and they're like pieces of, and, and they're killed, and then this dragon flies off. A ven- a, it's, a, it's, it's a venom with dragon wings. Okay. And his name would be Null, and there is no real planet of the symbiotes. That was actually a cage, mm-hmm. and Thor had beaten Venom back in the nor- days of nor- the Norse gods, and uh, the whole Venom, and Venom isn't something that Spider-Man happened to find in the Secret Wars thing, but Venom has been on Earth for centuries. Yeah. Centuries, mm-hmm. you know, other Venom creatures. And there's this complicated history that Null existed, the Celestials created the universe, and then Null fought the Celestials and killed one, and then made a necrosword, and it goes from there. I say, read those eight issues, and you'll be surprised. And Miles Morales shows up in issue three and four, which is kind of good, and, uh, but... Eddie Brock has to fight this creature uh, who is Null and who is the the lord of the, the the god king of the symbiotes. He seems incredibly powerful. Uh, I now the first six issues are standalone and very good. Mm-hmm. Issues they kind of take you out of it because another artist steps in, mm. and that's and and also. Uh, the tone changes and then they bring in a character that I cannot stand and I wish was dead ten times over <laughs> which is the Reed Richards from the Ultimate Universe uh, also known as the Maker yeah <laughs> like him mm-hmm. and he shows up and see there was a, a little bit of of God see they they put the God King symbiote in a furnace or Venom did Venom and who would also absorb Strickland, they put him in this, this giant blast furnace, and you think he was dead. But apparently a little piece of him was found, because there's actually a team that, you know, knows how to reclaim symbiote pieces. <laughs> this is retcon-ish, you know. You have to say, okay, we're retconning the whole Venom thing. Okay, fine, all right, you know. There is no planet of the symbiotes, whatever. But if you just want to say, I'm reading a good story and I don't I don't know any of that previous history, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But they, they steal that little bit of the God King and they're going to give it to somebody we haven't seen in a while. And at the end of issue eight, there's Cletus Cassidy in some kind of new capsule that has a nuclear waste symbol on it. And he is... He is this cult's god and they're going to give him 
they're going to merge him with the little bit of God King because any little bit of symbiote when it's passed on, you know, well, like what they did was to fight the God King, they found a little bit of, of um, Flash Thompson in a shield facility. And then Eddie Brock absorbed the little bit of Flash Thompson symbiote, and then Flash Thompson is alive again and taking control of Eddie Brock's body, <coughs> you know, while Eddie's in there and Rex Strickland's in there. Mm-hmm. It's getting very crowded, you know? <laughs> so uh, it's like Dead Man Cubed, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, you know, and so Flash Thompson is still around in a sense. You know, just his essence, his memories are around inside Eddie Brock. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but Carnage is apparently going to be brought back to life with the little bit of God King symbiote that's left over. Um, mm-hmm. So, no, I hate the character Carnage. Maybe they, <laughs> maybe they can make him better, but I doubt it. Mm-hmm. I, 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 if I saw a book with Carnage in it, I... You know, I brought out, you know, every religious artifact I ever owned and held it up and then walked away because I don't like the character. <laughs> Just like really never liked the Venom book either. Mm-hmm. But um, something something I read on a blurb somewhere said Venom was a little different, so I gave it a chance. And that and Immortal Hulk have been pretty darn interesting. So I give them, I give them credit for doing something different. Mm-hmm. Um with these two characters uh, that hasn't been done before, you don't see that a lot. Now, yeah, there's retcons going on. There's in in one place, and you know, there's new powers going on in another. But what else can you do? I mean, these characters have been around forty years. You got it. Well, forty for the Hulk, and I don't know, twenty five, thirty for Venom. I don't really keep count because I don't like him. But mm-hmm. instead of being a one note Johnny, Venom wants to destroy Spider Man. Venom wants to destroy. Spider-Man. Well, now it's a little different. Well, and Hulk, you you said 40. Where are you starting from? Because isn't it more like 55? Yeah, Yeah. it goes back to 53, I I just want to clarify that. Okay. (laughs) Eight years. 58 years, I guess. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm sorry. I I apologize for my time frame in the Hulk. (laughs) Now, when I started with the Hulk, it was 66 or 67. Okay. So, you know, but yeah, it was, comes before that. Okay, because you were um, talking about Grey Hulk and uh, Lee and Kirby and everything, so it's like, gotta go to the beginning. I <laughs> listening, I, I, I was wrong on my timeline there. Okay, cool. But you have, you know, if you're going to put out a book, you have to come up with something a little different. Yeah. There is still, She-Hulk is still around and immensely powerful. She's over in Avengers. Mm-hmm. Amadeus Cho is still a Hulk, but... I don't follow, he's in a book called Champions, I don't follow him very much. Thaddeus Ross was the Red Hulk, but he's not right now, and I don't know if he's lost that ability or not. Betty Banner was the Red She-Hulk, and I think she's lost that ability or been Mm. taken away. (laughs) For a while, there were way too many Hulks. Yes. You know, I mean, they just could have formed and done a sitcom, you know, and (laughs) all to the house, you know, and break the couch every time. Right. (laughs) You know? They break the whole house. Mm -hmm. You know, they run into the house, and the house just shatters when they sit down. That's how it would be. Right. (laughs) Simpsons Hulks, yeah. That's what the Simpsons need to do. Make each one of them a Hulk and run run in and sit on the couch and have the whole city fall apart. There you go. (laughs) Simpsons smash. (laughs) Yeah, just opening sequence with the Simpsons. 
That's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All that greening, you know, and tell them, you know, make you, make everybody a Hulk, you know, and then when Maddie jumps on the sofa, the whole town collapses. <laughs> um, on these new on these newer issues that you're uh, actually liking the writing on, who are the writers on them uh, on the Hulk and on the Venom and everything like that? Oh, I'll have to uh, give me a give me a moment to pull that pull sure. that up, and I'll I'll tell you, and uh, and then so we we, we have that information because they weren't they're not people I'm familiar with, okay. and that's you know so they're getting somebody new doing something you know and um, you know it's not the old the old uh, the old favorites or anything like that you know nobody bothered to bring them bring Roy Thomas back. <laughs> right. Uh, but, I mean, that's refreshing because for years everybody's saying, oh, Marvel, what are they doing? They're doing this and that, you know, another, you know, wars or something, you know, you know, civil war, secret wars, whatever. Uh, it's not as good as it used to be, and that's what you, the general consensus you hear about Marvel. But you've heard that for the last 30 years, so it's like, <laughs> you know, if there's actually some good writing out there again, you know, it's like that's probably a good sign, I would think. Marvel did the last Secret Wars, which I thought was just the worst thing I'd ever read. <laughs> you know, it looked beautiful in parts, but it was terrible. Uh, a guy running Venom is a guy named Donnie Cates. Okay. Ever heard of him? No, okay. I haven't, unfortunately. So, who that is? Okay. Um, uh, Eben Coelho, Eben Coelho was uh, was the artist on the first six issues. Okay. Uh, now it's um, well. It still says he, he, he's the artist, but it doesn't. The art looks different than I, I, I said. The art was different, but this is the same artist, but it looks <laughs> something is inker. Was it a different inker? Yeah, that could change things. Or I mean, an artist can easily change his style too. So, but um, you know, <laughs> I maybe <wouldn't... laughs> I, I thought no, it's the same same people, I guess. Hmm. Uh, Okay, I take that back. It's the same artist and writer on all eight. Okay. But but the uh but the it, it looked different to me on, on seven and eight it had a different look and feel. Hmm. I think it's because they went from nighttime and back alley and rain to um, you know, some kind of shield bike facility and lab and, you know. Um, this is Hulk. Whole, this is Hulk, or this is Venom. Which one are you referring to? Danny Coates was the Venom. Okay, because uh, do you think the art style might have changed it differently? Just because you said there was a story arc and they completed that, and so it allowed them the freedom to adjust the art style somewhat. Yeah. Okay. That's simply what they could have happened there. Okay. Um. No, maybe it might have been just a now. Um. The Hulk is written by uh, Al Ewing. Mm-hmm. I don't know who that is. It's it's Al Ewing, and uh, you know, I and uh, that's that's the credit on the art. And um, the uh, penciler is Joe Bennett. Mm-hmm. The anchor is Roy Roy Jose. Are you I Jose? I. Don't know these people. Alex Ross did the cover of uh, Mortal Hulk One for all those Alex Ross collectors out there. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, but uh, <coughs> at least did one of the covers. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's probably ten variants. Who knows? Right. I don't do variants. <laughs> I can't. I can't speak to that. 
Um, so, you know, there's, uh, there was that. And, um, but that's, that's, uh, two things that I want to bring up that I thought, this is actually pretty cool, you know, and I, I did enjoy the, uh, these stories. And, you know, I read all, um, I actually, um, uh, as, as I'm reading these, it's like, it, you know, it's, you know, it's good when a you're remembering the story and b you can't wait to the next issue. Yeah, yeah. And now, having said that, I'll give you a, something that's really frustrating me to no end, <laughs> and that's Submariner, Namor, one each. <laughs> right now, I don't know what Marvel continuity is doing, but they've really got some, uh, some problem here with especially with the X-Men timeline, because Uncanny X-Men came out, and, you know, it's got, like, 20, 24 X-Men in the book. You know, it show, there's a cast page with 24 X-Men, hmm. and uh, some are getting, you know, the, something's going on. But that's not what I want to talk about here. Recently, I did uh, storylines of X-Men... Blue, X-Men Gold, and X-Men Red. Right. X-Men Red was primarily a Jean Grey team. Mm-hmm. Jean Grey, who had gotten uh, Namor, a new character called uh, Trinary, who, who somehow controls and manipulates computers and technology, mm. and, you know, and X-23 and her sister. Well, what was... Here's the thing. She recruited Namor. She recruited Namor to help because she was trying to help humanity and, and, and the whole world. And Namor, he went along and he's wearing a, a dark green base suit with a red X on the belt buckle. Hmm. Okay. He's a member of the of Jean Grey's X-Men Red. He's even had a cover. Issue mm-hmm. 7, I think, a cover. Um, and then Avengers 9 comes out, or 699, depending on which you want to look at it, Legacy 700. But like issue six ninety nine, guess what? There's Namor looking a little younger, but he's still the same guy from what we know from dialogue in seven hundred, in a black outfit with no references to X Men Red, fighting the Avengers over some you know humans messing with my oceans again thing. And I'm like, wait a minute, Namor's still over in X Men Red fighting Cassandra Nova, and now you've got him over here fighting the Avengers and Avengers month in Avengers 700. Now, whoa! Wow. <laughs> <coughs> you wonder, how do you get from one to the other? Right. Plus, plus, Uncanny X-Men storyline started, and they still haven't wrapped up X-Men Red storyline. Mm. <clears throat> it was just, came about to reintroduce Jean Grey, she's alive again, mm-hmm. you know, and do a Cassandra Nova storyline, which they did not that long ago with a, uh, Another X-Men storyline, I forget which one, because the X-Men have been doing for the last couple of years now is they start a title, they run it for 12 to 15 or 24 issues, depending, mm-hmm. as one line, and then they cancel it, and then they start another one. Hmm. That's where you got X- Red, Blue, and Chartreuse and all that. <laughs> yeah. uh, are the stories good? X-Men Blue, I can't remember what the heck that really accomplished. I can't remember... X-Men Gold had the... The only thing you remember about X-Men Gold is Kitty and Metal Guy were going to get married. 
mm-hmm. and then they didn't. And then suddenly, you know, um, French Thief and uh, Rogue get married, and now they're in a book called Mr. and Mrs. X, which I refuse to read because of the stupid title. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. X, Rogue and Gambit. Oh, God, I said his name. Oh, God. I say it three times, so he'll appear and steal my wallet. So, right, right. <laughs> so, X-Men are frustrating in that respect. X-Men Red, I actually enjoyed the storyline. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy the book with a team led by Jean Grey, who was, you know, that, that was actually pretty good. Now, X-Men Blue and Gold, not so much. X-Men Black has been a series of one-off stories, some written by Claremont, so that's okay. Um, Avengers, the Avengers storyline of recently, well, they fought the Celestials mm-hmm. again because of Loki. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then Loki's talking to the Celestials somewhere in, I don't know, and then Wolverine shows up and. He apparently knows the Celestials because one of them gives him a thumbs up. A thumbs up. How this ties in with Wolverine in the Return of Wolverine, I have no idea. It doesn't make any dang sense. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Well, do you think they're uh, trying for less continuity nowadays and just trying to tell little story arcs and they don't really give a damn whether they make sense or not? Know. Or do you know? I don't know what they're doing because Infinity okay. Infinity War, the new the current Infinity War series started out with Wolverine carrying uh, the blue Infinity Stone, mm-hmm. and he gave it to Black Widow, mm-hmm. and then and then next thing you know, Wolverine is in the Return of Wolverine. There's been two or three issues, and he's trying to rescue this kidnapped kid, and it's not been very interesting. But and then in Avengers Seven Hundred, you know. Loki tricked the Celestials to go after the Avengers and Earth or something, but it didn't make much sense what he was trying to accomplish with it, but the Avengers managed to defeat the Celestials. Hmm. And Well, that you have to read, but in that, this is where it, get, it got really silly. Okay? <laughs> Iron Man made a suit that was really, really big and made him, you know, like Godzilla tall. Okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, She-Hulk and Thor go to Asgard and eat the egg of some creature that, you know, from the ice, you know, from the frost giants. Mm-hmm. And that makes them really, really big. Mm. And when they were even going to get the egg in this, you know, deep freeze that Odin has in his basement next to his vegetable chamber, <laughs> uh, you know, the cold was affecting Thor. She-Hulk, who is somehow more gamma-powered than any gamma creature ever, mm-hmm. gave Thor a kiss that warmed him up, and now they're dating, or at least Thor wants to date She-Hulk. Mm. So they eat this egg, they get the giant size. Mm. So you've got giant size Iron Man, She-Hulk, and Thor, then the current Ghost Rider went inside a dead celestial form and made it and animated that so it's a giant ghost rider. So now you had giant-sized Avengers fighting the Celestials. Wow. Yeah, giant-sized Avengers. Oh, call back to the 70s, anyone? Yes? 
Is Giant, Man, is Giant Man in there anywhere? <laughs> it's actually very funny, and uh, yeah, I know we need a giant sized man thing too. <laughs> A giant size, giant size man thing. Anyway. Yeah, <coughs> and uh, you know, it was actually very, very humorous and very well done. And at the end, you know, um, Loki gets a little comeuppance or something. But then Loki's in this in seven hundred. I didn't read this very thoroughly. I admit <laughs> because it was annoying me because the pages were sideways and such. Mm. And he's uh, with these celestials, and then Wolverine shows up and starts starts talking about some, you know, yeah, something's coming, but we'll handle it. You know, we got it. We dealt with worse before, you know. But what's Wolverine doing there? And he actually says something to a celestial, like I said before. He gives him a thumbs up, and I'm like, okay, when did Wolverine become the... What? Oh, shit, my head hurts, you know? <laughs> um, I know you want to bring Wolverine back, but come on. First off... First off, he's a prisoner of, prisoner of, can't say her name, Parisophone, help me with this, P-E-R-S-P-H-O-N-E, I can't say it right. Persophanes? Yes. Yeah, okay. Prisoner of her, somehow, you know, and then he escaped, and then he's trying to help this research scientist whose son was kidnapped by AIM or Hydra or something. I don't know. It's <laughs> just so stupid. Uh, yeah, it's not really... Uh, the Return of Wolverine so far is probably the worst thing that I've... The worst thing I've seen lately. Wow. Um, it, well, I don't like Marvel 2 and 1 and Fantastic Four either, but Return of Wolverine is not... There was one series in that that actually was pretty good. Mm-hmm. There was a, uh, there was a, uh, uh, they did four separate miniseries to try to find Wolverine, and four, and they had different teams in each one. And I gotta say, there was one that was actually pretty good, and that was um, Hunt for Wolverine that featured Daredevil. A new inhuman character who was a former New York detective. Um, uh, uh, Misty Knight and Cypher, who used to be in the New Mutants and who is alive again. Cypher was actually a good character in that. Mm-hmm. Of course, just kind of, you know. Well, he'd been in the internet too long and he was kind of like. Uh, I don't know, he was too, you know, he was like Shaggy uh, after too many bog hits. <laughs> he had overdosed on the internet, and Cypher had an eight in days and needed a shower and that sort of thing. Then there was another storyline they did. They did four of these, and two of, two of them I don't want to talk about much, but Adamantium Agenda was another good one. But all it did, and you got, you want to say, like, why didn't they ever do this before? They actually have a scene where they have to go to this island because there's Mr. Sinister has some DNA stored there. Turns out the DNA of every either every mutant and every human being ever. Mm. But he actually gives Spider Man X twenty three 
Jessica Jones and Luke Cage Iron Man armor for the for the mission. They all have their own suits of armor. <laughs> in issues three and four, and they kick butt. Mm -hmm. Now wait a minute. If you could just pop up suits of armor for these four characters on a whim, why didn't you ever do that for the other Avengers? Hawkeye might not be dead, might not have died in Avengers Disassembled. Right. <laughs> hmm. Really? You're doing you're now making them giving you you can give anybody armor? <laughs> This is not been mentioned in the Avengers that Black Panther still runs around in his underwear, or or maybe it's his, I don't know, his yoga suit. I don't know what you call it. <laughs> you know, and uh, but you gave Jessica Jones Iron Man armor. You gave Spider Man Spider Man costume looking Iron Man armor. Mm -hmm. You you gave Luke Cage a golden suit. Remember, he used to wear the yellow shirt. Right. I mean, yeah, it it hurts the head. The only thing wrong with Jessica Jones's armor is it's half purple, and I'm thinking, wait, don't you remember the Purple Man stuff, dude? I don't think she likes the color purple. Mm. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, and that that's the weird part. But they all have. And what do they do with it after this series? Don't they like just go home and like? You know, I've got that Iron Man armor, you know, back at the house. I could wear that if I needed to go on this mission. Right, yeah. I mean, is that going to be continuity from now know. on that every time they go out, they have it as a backup plan or just to wear it? <laughs> it's even weirder because not only did they give Luke Cage a set of armor, well, they get it, They gave him a wrecking ball to uh, a mace. They gave him a golden mace. Hmm. So, yeah, the, you know, I'm... Oh, <laughs> it was actually kind of interesting, and I liked it, but I, I just wish, you know, I'd, I'd like to see more of this. I'd like to see, I would like to see a whole team of them in Iron Man armor. Yeah, it would be kind of cool. But, you know, they did it once for a, for a miniseries that really didn't make any dang sense to begin with. Mm. And, uh, you know, now the other two series... I don't want to talk about Cause of the Killer, that was horrible, but <laughs> I mentioned the, the other two, but Mystery and Magic, Mad Report did bring back one thing. Mm -hmm. It put Psylocke back in her original body. Don't ask why, drink Bud Dry, but, <laughs> you know, pop culture reference. And, um, yeah, yeah, so Psylocke is no longer an Asian body. Okay, well, that's done. That's did it really make a difference? I don't know. Marvel fans, maybe. I can't tell you. Um, did, was anybody saying put Psylocke back in her original body? Oh, and now she has new telekinetic weapons. She doesn't have that blade anymore that she always was shoving at people's foreheads. <laughs> now she has sword and shield for new telekinetic weapons. Hmm. Yes. Did they explain that change or no? <laughs> No, she just created them because mm. she wanted something different. Mm. Interesting. You know, like, she'd done that before. I mean, you always had to use the same weapon. You couldn't just say, hey, I need something else for this situation. Maybe a shield would be better or a sword, oh. you know, or a Gatling gun or something. Mm. But, yeah, I, no, they, 
No, it was just one scene where she pops up and says, you know, this gives me a chance to use my new telekinetic weapons. I'm like, and that was an uncanny one, by the way. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, you're going, you just thought of doing this, really? You couldn't have created a different weapon before? You always had to use your old side blade, you know? I, I don't, it, my head hurts. <laughs> Do you, th- do you think things like this will be explained in the future, or is it just like just a loose end, and it's just like okay, that's where we're at? <laughs> I take it no. <laughs> oh, it, even though you see the occasional letter pages in some comic books, I don't think you're ever going to see real explanations of this sort of thing mm. coming up. Oh, you just see a character saying. You know, this gives me a chance to use my new telekinetic whatever, and that's about it. And you know, you just that's that's all you can say, because mm-hmm. um, that's all that happens. And you, uh, is it all she says is this? You know, uh, she just says that's bloody wonderful. At least you all get to test drive my new telekinetic weapons. Mm. Suddenly, she has a purplish white long sword and shield you know to go with her now purple again hair because she's in her original body hmm. uh, she doesn't have a costume on I don't I, not a lot of them are in costume in this issue but in either I mean even Jean Grey isn't it's a long story they were they went somewhere in, in civilian guys and then things got bad mm-hmm. um I gotta say, the end of uh, Uncanny One is kind of a big mystery, and it's interesting. So, you know, but I, you know, that's uh, spoiler alert. But I didn't. I'm not gonna say anything about the ending of that. The, the last two pages, the big reveal, which <laughs> isn't a reveal. It's not a full reveal. It's a partial thing, you know. But uh, is the Uncanny One any good? I. Don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, you're wanting to throw all the X Men back in one puddle again because you got, in this issue, you have 5, 10, 15, literally 20 X Men. And, okay, some of them are like the so called students, you know, Armor, Rock Slide, Enol, Glob, you know, right. the ones you don't. And I think this might be one of the. Did I. Not, I don't. I think they left out a page where Annabelle says, "I'm invulnerable and I'm blasting." I mean, <laughs> they. I thought that was in a contract somewhere. They have to write that in every issue. <laughs> you know, I'm vulnerable when I'm blasting. Guess we know that. Mm. Well, if you've ever read a X Men comic and Cannibal's in it, he has to say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, there's. Just, Coined phrases, yeah. as it were. So, <laughs> oh, it's just it's something you know, you always you always hear, and uh, it's really kind of kind of strange. But yeah, mm. um, it's kind of interesting telling me this because it's like uh, you know, it seemed like Marvel, especially in the, you know, long past, but you know, even the more recent past, you know, they always prided themselves about having strict continuity and everything like that and making sure everything kind of made sense. No, there has not 
No, no. There's not been a strict continuity for for since a decade now, I would oh, say. Oh, wow. okay. okay. And, you know, the, the lack of continuity is more of an old DC thing. It's kind of like they, they've they gone in each other's place, you know. <laughs> you well, know. DC, DC has no continuity right now either, because oh, okay. Justice, if Batman has all his bones broken and is in a, uh, is in a cap, uh, a body cast and wheelchair, and but Batman, he's still, and Detective, he's still fine. You know they haven't they haven't shown him in the uh, in the bat books as being you know in uh, you know messed up. Okay. So you know they don't they, there's not a the, the history isn't crossing over to the other books because you're you're looking at Batman he's going after the KG beast again. Yeah. And you're looking at uh, Justice League and he's you know still in this crazy metallic wheelchair because. When he was miniaturized inside Lex Luthor, inside Superman's body, Lex Luthor, in the totality, somehow broke all his arm, broke his arms and legs, hmm. broke like everything, you know, and so he was going to be laid up for months. Of course, he's recovering from it. I mean, yeah. they don't. It's not like they're, you know, it's not like, and. I refuse to read the story about the guy that did that to Batman, but you know, um, that I, I didn't like Nightfall and all that. I, no, <laughs> I, I, I'm one of the weird guys. If I don't like what the storyline or the writer, I will not buy the book. Uh, you know, collection be damned. I don't care. Right. I, I, I don't care if there's a 30 issue gap in my collection, you know, because Scott Lobdell or, Chuck Austin or somebody was writing it. I don't care. I hate their writing. I'm not going to buy. It. It's just like okay, if I have a movie, mm-hmm. if I like the movie, I'm not. You know, it's like I know people that own every Criterion film ever put out. Right. Well, that's fine, but I don't like every Criterion, so I only own about 350 of them. <laughs> I'm almost. Well, I'm not going to buy the other 700 films I don't like. Right. Well, there's people that uh, have, the, you know, have everything complete, you know. It's like, I can't have a gap in my collection. Um, I understand. Yeah, I understand complete. It's because I, I will, if, if if somebody puts out something I like, I will buy it. But if you put out something I don't like, at, okay, say, for example, Star Trek V. I don't like it. <laughs> but I bought a box set of all six films in, on Blu-ray, and it happens to be in that box set. Yeah. Will I ever watch it again? No, I saw <laughs> no. it once and I'm still sitting over there. Now, will I give it away? No, I want my box set to stay intact. Right. But I'm not going to watch that film. Yeah. <laughs> you can't avoid owning an album or a, or a movie because you buy the box mm-hmm. and it comes in that box and you're saying, well, it's there, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to watch that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you, when you buy a, I don't know, uh, I think I got a set of Die Hards. Am I going to watch Die Hard 4 again? Probably not, but it's in the <laughs> set of four films, you know? Yeah. Uh, or Die Hard 2 even. Well, I don't think I'd want to go there. <laughs> so you, you have, but with comic books, I remember the first time I did this. It had a great cover. It had Wolverine, Black Widow, and Captain America on the cover, and now, now you're going to retcon and say they met in World War Two. I said, and that's it. I'm done. I would. I bought that issue. I I think I bought that issue. I was going to buy it, but I I told my dealer I was didn't. I w- 
wasn't interested in it, and, and he said, well, buy something in place of it, and I did, and, you know, and I stopped X-Men at that point until Age of Apocalypse, hmm. and that was a few years. Right. But that's because you're going to tell them now, yeah, Black Widow wasn't adult Black Widow in that story, but still... You're really retconning Black Widow to the extreme here by saying she was a young kid in World War II and Wolverine and Captain America were hanging out back then. Mm-hmm. You know, beautiful cover, terrible idea. Now, now, how do you know when a series gets good again? Do you periodically just look into it and say, hmm, has it changed? Has it moved on from that storyline or what? Or yeah. word of mouth yeah, with other, pe- other fans? What do you do typically? I just, I just, I just... I just read a first, I, uh, an issue or two of number one, number two, and then I'll see. You know, if then it, if it if it reads well, then I know. Okay. Because I mean, I'll, there's some people that you know, you, you like I've even done this. It's like you you just stop reading a title and you never come back to it because it's like, eh, you know, I'm just kind of over it or whatever. You know. I agree with that. I, you know, uh, I've done. You know, there's there's some titles I I just can't go back to and. Yeah. You know, um, I've been back to Wonder Woman since George Perez because yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one's done really what I thought was a good Wonder Woman since then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, and they really just toss that character under the bus whenever they can with crazy ideas and notions. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like when she killed Max Lord. That wasn't even resolved. That in in her book, it was resolved in a in Manhunter's title. <laughs> Wow. You know, uh, yeah, that was, you know, whether or not, you know, the uh, the um, the world court was going to hold her accountable for the killing Max Lord. Yeah, that she went to. Oh, God, I can't remember her name, but they, they there was a woman who got a manhunter suit for a while. It was a really good series, but I haven't read it in 10 years or longer. And she hired that person who was a lawyer to be, you know, and take her case. And so and she got. Brian Cronin wrote about this recently in CBR, so, you know, and he, um, she took the case and Wonder Woman got resolved of it, but it wasn't in a Wonder Woman book, it was in a Manhunter title. <laughs> it's one of those, where was this resolved at, you know? And it was resolved in an X-Mutants miniseries, you know. Oh. Uh, I, well, okay, we all know, Jason Todd's revival. It was done in a Batman annual, for one thing, and Superboy was punching reality, and it was shown in a Batman annual, and Jason Todd came alive. Uh, not a Batman regular series, not something else, or a Superboy book, or a Superman book. It was a Batman annual. Mm. Okay, and if you hadn't read that Batman annual, where are you going to see it at the time? Because they didn't really talk about it much. And when they reference it, they say Superboy did it, but they say you say where did he do it? Because they don't give you a little asterisk and say this was in Batman Annual X Y. You know they didn't do that. Hmm. So it's... unless you happen to get that, and I don't remember which Batman Annual it was right now, you'd have to Wikipedia probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't remember. I I didn't intend to talk about that, but <laughs> doesn't matter. For <laughs> that, I said this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Reality and Jason Todd comes back to life in a coffin. Hmm. Of course, they had to throw him in the Lazarus pit to get his mind back, but... Oh! Uh, Lazarus pits. 
interesting the reason they would do that in that regard i mean instead of a regular title because you know that's kind of like you know a dead end when you're doing just kind of a one shot like that it's kind of they do that a lot you know those uh, giant size x-men we briefly uh, referenced in 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 joke and passing earlier right there were lines that were wrapped up and they do a storyline in an avengers book and then wrap it up in a giant size x-men mm-hmm. so budget could afford giant size x-men or if you if it appeared in your area you yeah you knew you knew there was the resolution of that but if you wasn't on your radar and you weren't buying that title because it was 35 cents instead of 15 or 20 you didn't get it so right. uh that's what marvel was doing for a while uh, 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 you know and it was not the best way to handle a storyline yeah it's like other marvel's done this before you know they do a story and then they resolve it in an annual say now read x-men annual xyz yeah that used to frustrate yeah. me all the time on comics. It's like, you know, it's like well, I'm re- reading a storyline and it's resolved. In this other title that you never read, and it's like, yeah, I don't want to read that title. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, they're doing something like that with uh, this this thing with um, <coughs> with the Drowned World right now in, in D.C., mm-hmm. you know, which is a, a storyline I don't want to talk about, but... You know, they had a book called Aquaman and the Justice League, number one. Then they had a book called Justice League and Aquaman, number one. Mm-hmm. I'm not making that up. Wow. And then they did the same thing with, um, with Wonder Woman. They were doing a story about witches, you know, saying that some witch goddess back in a million years ago had branded Diana with a... And you can't see the brand in her head. So the book was called Justice League Dark and Wonder Woman, The Witching Hour, number one. Then there was another book called Wonder Woman and Justice League Dark, The Witching Hour, number one. <laughs> How do you keep an audience with this? I don't know. I don't understand that type of logic. Well, they have into the book, you know. Now go read these. Okay, it's so like they at least announce it at the back of the book. But, I mean, even it's, even still... Um, you know, because of the nature of the way comic books are marketed, you know, it's like you have to look at previews and know to get that three months in advance or something. But it confused me because I was reading the story and I'm like, where's this other part? Because it says it's part one and part two and part four. And I'm like, where's part three? And you, you you know, you have to buy Wonder Woman and Justice League Dark. Not Justice League Dark and Wonder Woman. <laughs> you see? Stop. And they did the same thing with The Drowned World. You have a book called Justice League and Aquaman. Or, uh, how is it done again? Aqu- uh, it's Justice League, Aquaman, Drowned Earth 1. Then you have Aquaman, Justice League, Drowned Earth 1. Hmm. Yes. Yes, you can't make this stuff up because <laughs> this is stupid. And your, uh, your head hurts uh, because... Hmm. I don't figure out <laughs> where the next chapter is in something, and then Drowned Earthies gets even worse because it's also in Titans mm. and Aquaman, and you know, Marvel does give you a checklist in the back of Spider Geddon or Infinity Wars where all these books are. DC gives you a little blurb on the last page, you know, and you're if you miss it, you missed it, you know, so you don't know where to go next. So it's um, it's not not quite as helpful. I wonder if, how they do that. You know, as far as the, both Marvel and DC as publishers, I mean, are they listening to reader feedback, or they're just doing things on a whim? I mean, I, I wonder how they 
decide to put it out and market their titles at this point? I mean, because I know comic oh, books because... seem to be declining in sales every single year, and it certainly couldn't be good for it to increase sales if you're doing something so slipshod and chaotic, it seems like. I don't I, know. I don't know. It's even worse with the, uh, with, with, with the Spider-Man thing going on. you got Spider-Geddon going on right now, mm-hmm. which is not very good. I don't care for it very much. The only, the only thing that came out of Spider-Geddon that I thought was kind of weird was a character called Man-Spider, and I'll come up with him in a second, but look at the titles you got out of this. You got Vault of Spiders, you got Spider Geddon itself, you've got the new Ghost Spider, which was Spider Gwen, you got Spider Girls number one, you know, you got Spider Force. <laughs> uh, you had to have, well, you had X Force and I don't know, and I had to have Spider Force. But they created a character called Man Spider. Mm-hmm. And this book, Vault of Spiders, has some very stupid spider characters. I don't want to get into all the other ones. Um, but Man Spider is probably the interesting one because it's basically deals the whole origin of Swamp Thing from Alan Moore. Mm. <laughs> um, Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy go to Horizon Labs and they look in this pit and Peter says, are those? And then the Horizon Labs guy says, Spiders, my boy, part of a new genetic experiment and genetic alteration. We've been barding them with a variety of radioactive particles. Now, he's leaning on a railing over this pit that has millions of spiders in it, and it supposedly has radiation, but it's a railing. And somehow... And then Gwen says, spiders, I hate spiders. And then somehow, as Peter, the railing breaks, Peter falls through the glass. You'd think it'd be harder glass, right? Mm-hmm. And is powered by the spiders. And the spiders then, they don't show how, but at some point later, all these spiders then put on a Spider-Man costume and become man-spider. Hmm. Now, they don't show how he gets a costume or, or anything like that. They do show at one point where his costume breaks open in the back, and all these hundreds of spiders shoot out to attack uh, whatever goblin creature that is, jack-o'-lantern, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and Gwen is trying to talk to Man-Spider, and... He says, she calls him Peter. He says, I'm not Peter. Do you think I am a man? Do you think I can come back from this? And then he takes off his costume, which, you know, and leaves it in the alley. And you don't, I don't know where all the spiders went. But it can't be the end of him because he's over in Spider Geddon, unless this story takes place after Spider Geddon. I have no idea. <laughs> hmm. Five minutes, I just thought it was kind of weird that they would steal the origin of, you know, in Swamp Thing, you know, the, 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 the creatures in the swamp ate Alec, you know, and then became Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. And here the spiders who are radioactive eat Peter Parker and become Man-Spider. They know, oh, God. And they, they look perfectly like, 
in the costume, it looks like Peter Parker in the costume, except you see where there's little breaks in the costume, you see spiders all, you know, all over him. So it's weird. And then in Spider-Geddon itself, he makes strange allusions to, you know, the inheritors who eat spiders for their energy, spider characters. And he says, even of this one little kid, he looks, a kid over there, he looks kind of enticing like Veal, but I would never eat him like the inheritors do. Hmm. <laughs> Almost make that if he gets mad, he might actually eat somebody. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, they bring out, you know, six dozen spider titles. They did the same thing with Infinity War and right. Iraq Knight and, oh, Soldier Supreme. Don't get me <laughs> Yeah, it's Doctor Strange and Captain America mixed together. Hmm. Yeah, and Arachnite is Moon Knight and Spider-Man, and um, what was the third one they did? They did a third one. What was it? Oh, Iron Hammer, which was Thor and Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they had to do that. <laughs> oh. hmm. And then, then there's another book they did called Infinity Warps, where they have even stranger mixes. They have Moon Girl mixed with Squirrel Girl. Hmm. That might be interesting. <laughs> uh, it's interesting, you know, but is it good is the question. Well, that yeah. <laughs> interesting idea. That's what, I don't know if the execution was any good. So. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, don't, don't read Infinity Warps because it's... Too bad. <laughs> it's, it's cutesy, but is it good is the question. Yeah. Um, I didn't think it was... You know, rather than do a two or three issue series, you know, like with the Rack Knight or Soldier Supreme. Oh, they did Weapon Hex, which was Wolverine and Wolverine, Wolverine and Scarlet Witch together, or maybe it was X twenty three and Scarlet Witch together. I don't know. <laughs> in, in the new Infinity War, Gamora did not just kill half the universe. She folded the universe so people merged together. It was a much better idea. <laughs> Wasn't it? Wasn't it? No, think. it wasn't. Because it's kind of stupid. Because you have, you know, because you have, instead of Fantastic Two, you got, or Fantastic Four, got two because you got, the thing is orange, but he also is very hot. Hmm. And Mr. Fantastic can stretch and turn invisible. And the Watcher is mixed with Professor X. Hmm. Professor X and the Watcher together, and Galactus is mixed with Doctor Doom. <laughs> you know, yeah, Doomactus, yes. Hmm. Um, In theory, I guess know. it sounds okay, but you know, it's like, yeah, it's how they execute and, it once they do it. So, <laughs> oh, and you know, and She-Hulk is mixed with Black Widow, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Hawkeye is mixed with Hellcat? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> it, it, like I say, all these silly, silly crossovers make your head hurt. But <laughs> instead of instead of the thing, uh, he's called Hot Rocks. Hmm. The burning behemoth of searing stone. Mr. Invisible is the crystal clear and full of cheer. There's the terrific two. Hmm. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> yeah. Now, now, do you see uh, anything good coming from Marvel or DC or any other publisher for that matter that's like seems good at least on the surface coming on the horizon, or are you not uh, aware of well, anything at this time? I'll say this for DC: they did publish one really good series in the last year. That was that was Mr. Miracle. They finished a 12-issue uh, run, and that was the best thing I read from D.C. in a decade. Wow. If you find Mr. Miracle, read it. You'll love it. That was great. From Marvel right now, what I'm thinking is, is good is the two I mentioned. With uh, Well, the Immortal Hulk is very good. Venom is, you know, depends on your taste and the character, but I think it's an interesting retcon. Mm-hmm. And that uh, that much I'll give it. So, uh, you know, but other than that, I'm not... The current Iron Man series is fun to read, but again, it's not in continuity very much with the Avengers, which is frustrating. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't appear to be. Um... And Jarvis is no longer the Avengers butler. Instead, Gorilla Man is. Hmm. <laughs> Gorilla Man from uh, that... What was that called? Um, it was that... Um. Agent... No. Well, he first appeared in that What If story. What if the Avengers around in the 50s? Yeah. And they had mm-hmm. you know, this robot, and they had Gorilla Man, and Marvel Boy, and 3D Man, and that sort of thing, and Venus. Venus and, or Namorita, I forget which. And then they did a book with that, where Jimmy Woo was leading it. That was ten years ago or more. Well, Gorilla Man is now the Avengers butler, and the Avengers headquarters is in the Arctic or Antarctic, I forget which. And the Celestials gave him a dead celestial's body which they're inhabiting hmm. <laughs> they're making that dead celestial's body their new headquarters <coughs> excuse me see where they you know where the where the russian dog lives in the head of a dead celestial <laughs> no nowhere it's called mm-hmm. i think yeah it, it's a take off it's a take from that but yeah so but so, yeah, so if, you know, it's almost a call back to D.C., you know, you got a gorilla as the butler for the Avengers. I mean, why didn't Batman ever think of that? <laughs> and a gorilla, you know, and then on the cover every third issue, and it would have sold tons. Purple gorilla, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know. Remember, you remember Gorilla Boss of Gotham City? Oh, yeah. <laughs> McGrath? You know, I don't like gorillas. I have a no-monkey rule. I won't watch a movie with a monkey or an ape or a chimp or anything. <laughs> Exceptions are the original Planet of the Apes. Yeah, I was going to say, I like the original Planet of the Apes movies, but, uh, yeah, it gets a I little tired. I didn't mind the recent trilogy, but that one Tim Burton was was terrible. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. But, if, you, if, it, if you know, any other movie, you know, going back to TV with me and the chimp or BJ <laughs> and the bear or... <laughs> movie or the, the Clint Eastwood films of the orangutan no it violates the no monkey rule 
So no um, love, no love for Lancelot Link, eh? <laughs> I hate. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's my kryptonite right there. I'll turn it. I will. I blow up a TV before I watch that. I don't blame you. <laughs> and Lancelot Link, come on! But no. Yeah, you know it's as bad as. When I was a kid, I thought Cool McCool was a great cartoon, and then I bought it in DVD, and I'm going like, this was shit! <laughs> you know, and I couldn't watch I, I had to say, uh, that's really bad, I can't watch that, no. And I regretted buying that DVD set really fast. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like your childhood says, yeah, Cool McCool was a great cartoon. No, my childhood was wrong, wrong, <laughs> wrong. Yeah. And once in a while, that happens, you yeah. know? Yeah. Not everything, you know, is the Herculoids or Space Ghost. Mm -hmm. Those are still great. But Cool McCool was... Yeah, I, I, I amazingly, I never really saw that series, but I bought the DVD too because I believed the hype. I go, oh, creator of the Batman and uh, Chuck McCann. Oh, this must not be bad. It's pretty bad. So <laughs> I don't even have fond memories as a child of it. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, I want to say I did, and then, you know, it turned into not being very good. I'm trying to think of something else. Uh from D.C. that I can recommend. Okay. Um, and that's where I'm having a, a problem. Uh, I'd like to say Justice League Dark is good, but it's not really been that... I, I haven't I haven't really liked it very much uh, because they're doing this thing where, oh, they want to take magic out of the D.C. universe and, and that'll cause all kinds of problems. I, the plot The plot doesn't make a lot of sense. But Wonder Woman is the linchpin to fixing things. Mm -hmm. um, I'll say that. And, uh, you know, so Mr. Miracle was great. Uh, what else? Detective was kind of not <laughs> bad. Fit. Um, I don't like the Batman and the Nightwing issue going on. Mm. But just as Continuity-wise, all just terrible because you got multiple storylines running up. You know, you had the totality, then you had the Legion of Doom attacking, then you had the Drowned World crossover thing coming in. You got really, you're still dealing with the totality thing from the first from the first arc. Mm -hmm. Then you bring in the Legion of Doom, <laughs> and then you bring in the World, and all all of those has got to be resolved you know, soon or someday, mm -hmm. but it, because you're running out of characters, you know, and the characters are powerless against, well, you know what, the next issue of Justice League, look, it's got Batman versus the Legion of Doom. Batman is in a flying wheelchair and all his limbs are broken, so right. of course he's going to win, because <laughs> he has a book of matches. I don't know. I'm going back to <laughs> You know, um, with, uh, when all I can say about DC, and I don't like the new Superman very much, and I don't like the new action very much, um, all I can say about DC is, if they collect Mr. Miracle from 2017-2018, well, issue series, somebody should be looking at that for a trade or buy the individual issues. It's really, really good. It's funny. It's entertaining and 
you won't forget it once you finish it. It does have a good payoff ending. All right. Um, with Marvel, the Immortal Hulk is the best thing over there. The Daredevil run has been really good. I'm trying to think of something else that was... The Avengers has been good uh, for the last, since they rebooted it, and it's up to issue 10 or 700, whatever. <laughs> um, I'm saying it's good because it also has a lot of humor in it. Yeah. A lot of humor. And I like the team they have assembled. Continuity-wise, it's off-base. I don't think Uncanny X-Men is right now hard to judge because it's only the first issue. The Return of Wolverine is leaving me cold. Hmm. I don't like Fantastic Four. Blah. Yeah. Uh, the the Spider-Man, now the Amazing Spider-Man is not part of Spider-Geddon right now. Now, this is where you've got a continuity problem. <laughs> Spider-Man, in Spectacular Spider-Man, which is a different book, altogether, that's tied in with Spider-Geddon. But Amazing Spider-Man takes place in a different time frame. And that has a story that involves the entire Marvel Universe, but it's in Spider-Man only. Hmm. And we call the Thieves Guild that we've... Here's a retcon. Whenever you stole something and did a major heist, you were supposed to give a portion of your, your money to the Thieves Guild. And, uh, you know, you dump it into this fountain and, you know, somehow they retrieve it, wet and all. Well, somebody decided to stop doing that, and I don't know why, but then the Thieves Guild, a new thief, not the Thieves Guild, but somebody who was going against the Thieves Guild, decided to pull off the biggest heist ever. <laughs> Think of an eye, they stole Captain America's shield, they stole Daredevil's billy club, they stole Thor's hammer, they stole every, every, just about every tchotchke that every hero has, <laughs> Spider-Man's computers, you know, all got stolen. It's the silliest thing you've ever heard. Of. You know, the Fantastic Four's car, the whole bit, everything. I, I don't even know if that's part of it, but there's this one room and you see all this gear in it. Yeah. And it's a story called Heist. It's an amazing Spider-Man. It's amusing, I'll say that, because everybody from the Marvel Universe guest stars in the last two issues. I think that's seven and eight, or seven anyway, of their gear guest stars in eight. And Felicia Hardy's back as the cat, help. You know, because her dad was a member of the Thieves Guild, and he has backstory on all this. She's she's the exposition demon in this, <laughs> and but it's not spider. It's not part of Spider Geddon. the The main Spider Man title is not Spider part of Spider Geddon, which is spectacular, and that's part of it. And all these other spin off titles, and where that takes place, I don't know where the continuity of Spider Geddon ties in with Amazing, because they're totally ignoring it. Hmm. Uh, can I recommend I, I think Heist as a story for Amazing Spider-Man is entertaining it's funny and it's 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 fine I give it a 6.5 out of 10 7 out of 10 something like that but Spider-Geddon as a whole unless you read the previous Edge of Spider-Verse or Spider-Verse thing you wouldn't this, this is I don't recommend this it's too good lord it's <laughs> information, you know? Mm -hmm. Too many types running around. It's amusing to see all the different spider Spider-Men they come up with, 
but after a while, you just go like, okay, where's Spider-Man Man-Thing? You know, you're going you're gonna to see Man-Thing became Spider-Man at some point. Mm-hmm. But done that yet. I mean, you know, you're waiting for it, but if you got Hopi Brown as Spider-Man, you got Mae Parker as Spider-Man, you got Captain Stacy as Spider-Man. <sighs> it's <laughs> too much. Yeah, Captain Stacy is Spider-Man. I'm not kidding about that. Wow. Yeah, and they don't even, I don't even know if they showed how he got, where he got bitten, but he's Spider-Man. Um, uh, another series that I will say that I've enjoyed reading, and I never, it's only in the, except the issue nine, mm-hmm. I gotta say Domino was kind of, is kind of fun to read. Hmm. Domino, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Not Deadpool, but Domino. <laughs> I don't like Deadpool stuff much, but the Domino series is kind of good. I, I say that she's—it's been uh, nine issues or eight or nine issues in. It's been good. The only problem I had with it was they brought in Shang Chi, Master Kung Fu, for a couple issues, and he doesn't—I don't think he fit in very well. Hmm. But the book, for the most part, is Domino and her two female friends, Diamondback, and, uh, and a superheroine or villain called Outlaw. Mm-hmm. I don't know her story. I don't know where she's from. I haven't bothered to research her. I could probably wiki her in a half minute. But she has a Western... She wears a cowboy hat. And she has superpowers. Okay. <laughs> know about her. And then the other character, like I say, is Diamondback, and she's had a long history with the Serpent Society and Captain America. And... Who was she dating for a while? Somebody else she was associated with for a... And once, but you know that uh, it's it, Domino's actually been fun to read. Um, okay. Never thought I did. <laughs> um, X twenty three is okay to read right now. It's nice. It's it's Laura and her sister Gabby. Don't ask where. Yeah, there's another there's another little Wolverine sister running around. Gabriella, she has one claw instead of two, and but she's pretty cool. She's fun. X twenty three is the previous series was better. The newer, the more recent series up to issue four or five, it had a bad start. Mm-hmm. The first four issues, X twenty three get involved with the the what do they call them? The cuckoos, Emma Emma Frost, uh, Emma Frost uh, lookalike girls. And uh, I don't care for those characters, and they're in the first four or five issues, and they didn't do much, but the most recent issue of X-23 was a lot of fun, and uh, that gave me hope that the series can, can come, come back and be halfway decent. Um, so, uh, maybe. <laughs> um, All right. Uh, well... And I, 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 part of me wants to talk about Supergirl, but it's too dang confusing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if anybody read the Grant Morrison Green Lantern, but I kind of enjoyed it, I guess. I have to see how it goes for a few issues. Okay. I didn't hate it. I'm just, you know, wondering where he's going to go with this. Yeah. 
definitely it's more has the space cop feel than uh, than it did than any Green Lantern book in a long time. Mm-hmm. So maybe it can it'll be all right. Um, oh well, continuity wise, it's set in the past. So at the right now, mm-hmm. so it hasn't been anything Jeff Johns has done. And the story seems to be taking place a long time ago, back when Hal was a uh, toy salesman. Yeah, way back then. You know, right at, right before he sold uh, life insurance. <laughs> okay. Well, they've given... They've, he's had some terrible jobs, you yeah. know, after being a test pilot. Mm-hmm. Man, you know, uh, that, that guy couldn't catch... You know, he... Yeah, any minute, any issue, expect to open it up and see him at the unemployment line, you know, just open for, you know? That might be um, <laughs> Well, I never understood why they just couldn't give him a job as, like, a charter pilot or an airline pilot. Right. Or maybe a police helicopter pilot. <laughs> they have to, you know, they get to give him these dumb jobs like toilet salesmen and life insurance. Hmm. What the? <laughs> Green Lantern for some time is just what are they doing to this guy you know Right. he's almost 50 and he, he's just he's scratching for a wage and he's got a power ring <laughs> uh, and I know they're not supposed to use the ring for personal gain but <laughs> maybe make an exception now. this time but <laughs> um. well <laughs> maybe they do something <laughs> um, maybe they can write him mm-hmm Well, um, I, have, I thank you so for the recommendations I, on different titles. Is there any others that you haven't, you know, briefly that you want to just kind of lay out there that people should take a look at? It's fun to read X-Men Black because they've been doing these one-shots about different characters like Emma Frost. They did a one-shot about Mojo. They did a one-shot about Juggernaut. Although in, in the backup of the first five was a story about Apocalypse. That was interesting and make and might lead in you know might lead into some other bigger storyline down the road but the one shots about these and there was a one shot about magneto and yeah, that was issue one mm-hmm. the x-men black stuff is if you like the character you'll like the story you know but i don't know how essential it is to read each one of these one shots just to get you know, one writer's take on the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've enjoyed all the, even the Mojo one wasn't terrible. I thought it was funny. Um, uh, Tony Stark Iron Man is fun to read. I, I, that's all I'll say about it. I don't know where they're going to go with it. I don't see it. It doesn't fall in line with uh, Avengers continuity that much, mm-hmm. but it's great. Um, right now, Amazing Spider Man is fun to read. Avengers is fun to read there's and west coast avengers i can't say it's fun to read because i'm not a i'm not liking it it's too cutesy <laughs> um folks fun to read daredevil's great captain america they rebooted it again uh the last four issues have been good but you're going down that one then they did a villain reveal in issue 704 or four and i i i, I almost choked I'm like really so that was disappointing but and I can't really recommend Captain America because 
it's all fallout from the Hydra, from the Cap Hydra storyline, and it's it's depressing. It's too depressing. So stay away from Captain America unless you, you know, you really need a. I need a downer this week. I'm gonna read Captain America. <laughs> I'm too happy. Dang it! Infinity Infinity War. Um, wait for a trade. It's Infinity War, which is up to issue five. It's actually fun to read. Mm-hmm. It's actually fun to read because the people who have the stones, what happens with it is all, actually there's a lot of humor. There's a lot of dark humor in this. And I thought the five issues I've read of it so far have been funny. And then, of course, you get into the folded universe stuff. And mm-hmm. there's a bit with Loki in issue five that's very funny. And you find out more about the origins of the universe and where the stones come from. I would say Infinity War by itself as a title is good to read. The mm-hmm. spinoffs have to, you know, that's another thing. You like Dr. Pepper, you might like, you know, Soldier Supreme. <laughs> you know, like Sprite Zero, maybe you like Iron, he- Iron Hammer. But it's not, for, I'm not saying these aren't for everyone. Right. Infinity War by itself, it, I think you can read it as a standalone. But I don't think the spinoffs really have to be read, you know, unless you're a completist, a Marvel completist. Mm-hmm. And that, that's where, I, you know, uh, I got, I, that's, that's what I'm saying about that. Now, there is a, um, there is another Moon Knight title out, and I haven't read it yet, but I'm going to uh, look into that because it seems kind of interesting. And it's up six, and I I haven't read it yet, but uh, I want to read it. Well, I, I, I see. Not, I'm, I'm actually speaking wrong here about this title. About this, <laughs> uh, I said issue six. That's not right. Uh, this is actually volume six, hmm. and what they did was volume six started with number one. And then when it got to number 15, mm-hmm. they went to legacy numbering, so it's at, it's now at 200, but it went from volume 6, issue 14, to volume 6, issue, six at 188. Wow. <laughs> you get a headache if you're a collector. Yes. <laughs> I've seen that. Uh, so they jump around all the time, yeah. <laughs> so there's like 30 issues there, but volume 6 is actually looks pretty, uh, I think is is pretty good on the Moon Knight, but I haven't read it all. It, and this part of it was written by Bendis. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he left, and I don't, you know, and um, I haven't caught up with it to find out uh, who's writing the later stuff. A guy named Bemis. Mm. Yeah. E-M-I-S. And, you know, but I thought Moon Knight was pretty, uh, I've sampled some of these, and I thought, it's pretty good. It doesn't tie in heavily with a lot of, at least currently, it doesn't tie in heavily with a lot of other stuff. So, once again, they've done something good with Moon Knight. Every now and then they do this. Mm-hmm. So, I will have to say, maybe give that a chance, but given that, you know, Volume 6 is uh, up about 30 issues and the numbering is crazy, because uh, they don't even give you, like, the legacy... You know, they're not even doing, like, the legacy numbers like they're doing in Avengers. Mm-hmm. 
though, because in Avengers, say Avengers 10, Legacy 700. Mm-hmm. But they're not doing that with Moon Knight, just as Moon Knight 200. Hmm. No, that continues, you know, down to 188 and then issue 14. Weird. <laughs> um, uh, so, like half of Marvel's titles I'm, I'm recommending here. DC, I, dang, I can't, I want to say I recommend Batman, but I don't like what they're doing with that. I didn't like what they did in that recently. Mm. Detective was okay. Titans, not so much. Heroes in Crisis, oh, crap, that is bad. Mm. Ah. Oh, I'm sorry. Mm. That was terrible. <laughs> Heroes in Crisis was, it's like Identity Crisis Part G. Mm. You know, I just want to go, why? Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> It's what it feels like. It feels like a, it feels like I went from identity crisis to heroes in crisis, and it wasn't a twenty year gap in between. And you know, it still stinks. Mm. It still stinks. And you know, maybe Wally and spoilers, Wally and Roy will come back from the dead. I don't know, but you do. You, 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 Wally disappears for years because of New Fifty Two. They bring him back briefly. Mm-hmm. Then, and then he has to go into sanctuary because he's having, I guess, emotional issues, and you hardly see him. And Roy goes from, um, uh, Roy was helping out Jason Todd and the Outlaws, and then they go into, and then Roy leaves after he helps Jason, and then Roy's dead, and all of a sudden, and. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, you're going like, what are you? And then there's Booster Gold and Harlequin fighting in the in a field, and you're like, I I will say this, I hate Booster Gold. Mm. I hate Gold, and I hate Booster Gold. The only character I hate most, more than Booster Gold is the Punisher. So <laughs> Gold Gold can rot. I I would like to see him buried at the body at the bottom underneath the Lazarus pit, saying, if I could just get to that Lazarus pit, I could come back. But no, the <laughs> bit. You know, and there's a hundred feet of adamantium between you and the Lazarus pit, and you can't reach it. Booster Gold. <laughs> you know? And uh, Harlequin? Yeah. They've ruined, they've ruined her. Suicide Squad, you know, make her sexier and give her a big mallet. I'm sorry, I can't stand Harlequin. Harlequin, I can't stand her anymore. Right. I loved her in the animated series, and I will always love her in the animated series. Right. And the comic book I love, but I will not, not like her in Suicide Squad. Why is she there? And anything else? Mm. Uh, Heroes in Crisis stinks, mm. and I I can't recommend it. Um, I can't recommend the Batman title. Detectives okay. Titans no. Ties in with Drowned World. Teen Titans. Yeah, Teen Titans isn't that bad. Uh, I'll give that a look. Um, I was liking Deathstroke for a long time, mm-hmm. and then no. The last couple issues, no, because he's in Arkham Asylum, and I don't know if it's a different writer. I didn't bother to look, but it was terrible. But for six issues, he fought Batman, and I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. Um, where that falls into continuity, you'll never find out. <laughs> and then there was... Now, they did something with Jason Todd. They only revamping Red Hood and the Outlaws. And Jason is out of Gotham. 
in a new costume, fighting some fighting some organized crime thing, you know, and Bruce gave him his blessing and even though they tried to kill each other an issue before, yeah, right, that happened. Mm-hmm. So Red Hood it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um if you're a Jason Todd fan, I don't like what they're doing with Nightwing. If you don't know what they're doing with Nightwing, then your mind is a better place. <laughs> uh, Action Comics has been kind of iffy. The Superman storyline that Bendis is doing in Superman is... It gives you a headache, and it, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The Supergirl is kind of... I don't think the person writing Supergirl knows who that character even is. Hmm. The last is the current issue makes no sense whatsoever. He runs out of he runs out of solar energy, finds a charging station, plugs into your costume, is recharging solar energy. Hmm. How does she plug it into her costume? What is she plugging it into? <laughs> and why does at some point or two pages before that say solar energy reserves eighteen percent? Is solar energy now a power ring? <laughs> Not very good. Convenient uh, device. <laughs> this title right now is a spinoff of the Bendis book. And where, where they brought Supergirl back. They didn't renumber it. And what she's supposed to be doing is out in space trying to find out where Rosers, <clears throat> whoever destroyed Krypton came from and why he's doing it. Mm-hmm. That's her job. Because he's in the Phantom Zone, she can't ask him, you know. So she's out in space at Crypto, and she's trying to find out where this guy came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and she went to a charging station to get more solar energy. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and in the book, she's in a red outfit, and somehow it changes into a regular Supergirl suit, and you go... How did you do that? And you don't even show. And hmm. <laughs> now you go out there with a red hood, and it's all red. The, the Supergirl emblem and everything is different shades of red. And then all of a sudden, she reveals herself in a regular Supergirl suit, and you're like, "Well, how did you do that? Did your power ring just suddenly change your suit colors?" <laughs> oh wait, you don't have a power ring, even though it says you're at eighteen percent. Hmm. Uh, can't recommend the Supergirl title. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of other DC news, DC stuff out there. The sideways stuff. I haven't looked at it. I don't know what it is. I don't want to know. Mm-hmm. I don't research. I, you know, uh, there's other. I'm sure there's other titles that I could. Somebody saying that's great. You should read it. And I haven't read it because hmm. you can't buy everything. There's no way. Just like you can't read, watch all 600 TV shows on Hulu. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, uh, or Netflix or whatever. And while I do know a lot about television shows, and I'm going to say this up front, I haven't watched a television series since 2014. Wow. <laughs> the only, uh, yeah, I've watched a couple that are on DVD or Blu-ray, Yeah. but I don't watch TV anymore, and I haven't watched a series on network television, with the exception, uh, what I've watched in, in the last four years has been one season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Mm. And that's what I watched on TV itself and some of the Alienist mini 
miniseries, which I would like to get on DVD or Blu-ray. Mm -hmm. But the only other thing I've got that's recent is Rick and Morty, and I came across the great series called Modus. Mm -hmm. I think it's foreign, and I thought that was really good. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm, I I looked at the trailers for it and some stuff online, but... Uh, my TV, my knowledge of television goes from the 50s up until the early 2000s better. I'm, I don't do right. current television because A, there's too much of it, and B, I don't have the time. Yep, same with me. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, let, let's leave the TV talk and everything else for next time. I can talk to you again. Um, but, you know, we had a good conversation about the comics. Uh, you enlightened me on a lot of different things. And, um, uh, I want to thank you for being my guest today. Well, I hope I've, uh, you know, brought up some good story stuff and, you know, talked about some something interesting for you. I, you know, I've done other, I've done uh, some other podcasts elsewhere, but that was for movies and TV and, yeah. and music. So this is my first time I've talked about comic books and uh, ever on a podcast and. I know I've went back and forth in different series, but I'm trying to, there's a lot of stuff out there, um, and uh, just saying what I think is worth looking at, and you can, maybe something else, somebody will like something different. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> I will say the, there was a series called Thanos Wins or something. Mm-hmm. A while back, that was really good, and then it turned into Cosmic Ghost Rider, <laughs> which I haven't read all of yet, and Cosmic Ghost Rider is the Punisher as Ghost Rider, but I haven't read all of that, but okay. there was a Thanos series that ran for like 16 issues and I had an annual, and that was really good. Mm -hmm. uh, so, just, that uh, I forgot to add that before, but uh, that's it. Uh, right. You, uh... You know, uh, this has been interesting. I've, uh, uh, so I'm grateful for the chance to go on and on and on. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we could have, we could have talked about, you know, Italian horror or, uh, oh, well, that's why I leave it all free form. I never know where it's going to go. Sometimes, you know, and, you know, we can always set up a time to well, chat again and, uh, talk about a different subject. So. <laughs> All of those are stuff, stuff in my uh, stuff I know about. So you know, right. uh, heck, I can talk for two hours about classic funk rock here too. But I'm not going to do that with you right now because we're going to hang up and go away. But <laughs> my uh, my question is kind of extensive on on all these formats and genres. Okay. And I um I. Uh, I live with my father-in-law at 58, and I got nothing else to do but soak in a lot of meat. <laughs> well, I thank, I thank you for making it uh, entertaining and informative. So that's uh, that's what really uh, is half the battle on podcasts is like, you know, is it going to be interesting? So I hope the listeners out there got interest in some of these things. I certainly was interested in Enlightened because, you know, I, I don't read a lot of different comic books nowadays, but, you know, I do go to the, my local store, so, you know, I'll start investigating a few things since of what you were talking about, so. Well, the biggest thing in my mind right now, and that still bugs the heck out of me, is why is Namor this way in that book and this way in the other book? That's driving me crazy. Well, I know, I want to... <laughs> the guy in Avengers is actually an evil clone, yeah. you know. But, uh, you know, 
is that that of all the stuff I've talked about, if there's one little thing that's bothered me lately, it's that. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> and maybe the next time we speak, it'll be resolved. So that's the best I can say. All right. I just, you know, like it's it's a continuity thing. Yes. When you, when you get embedded with continuity, mm-hmm. like DC used to be and Marvel used to be, and then they all, you know, well, DC was a little bit, but Marvel always had that tight continuity. And then when there's like six Avengers titles and Wolverine's in eight of them, wait, that didn't make any sense. But, you know, right. then there's no continuity anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I said six and eight, but, you know, you know what I meant. I knew what you meant, yeah. All right. Well, I thank you again, and, you know, we'll talk soon. And,. Keep in touch on Facebook and everything else. So, all right. We shall do that, and thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening, and thank you again, Alan Bryan, for being my special guest. Episode number 13 will be coming soon. If you'd like to comment and or be a guest on this podcast, please drop me a line at funideas.mark at gmail.com. Become a patron of Fun Ideas Productions if everyone listening just contributed a dollar a month. That would be tremendous help. This has been the Fun Ideas Podcast. This is Mark Arnold speaking. This episode is copyright 2018, Fun Ideas Productions. Thank you very much, and have a good night.